For those of us who haven't yet allowed digital addiction to destroy our critical thinking skills, many valuable things have been learned during our COVID-19 experience. Perhaps what we've learned most is that we don't know what we don't know, and that the fear of the unknown can lead to panic, to irrational behavior, and irrational decision-making. Sustaining our families and sustaining our sanity in an insane world. That's today on License to Parent. Well, hello and welcome once again to License to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program working with teens in crisis and by extension with their families. Our host on License to Parent is the founder and director of Shepherd's Hill, Trace Embry, and I'm Rich Rosel. And Trace, uh, you've said something that a lot of people would find a bit surprising, I think, and that is that this COVID-19 pandemic may actually have a silver lining. Can you explain what you mean by that? Yeah, I don't think we should waste this pandemic. A lot of things are being learned and discovered. Uh, a lot of people are discovering homeschooling. It wasn't the impossible thing that they thought it was. Uh, people are coming to discover their talents and creating a home business uh, that you can actually do church uh, from from home if you had to. We're teaching our kids things and, and spending time with our kids and reconnecting with our kids. You know, Romans 8, 28, you know, in all things, God works for the good of those who who love him, who are called according to his purpose. Uh, being called according to his purpose is just another way of talking about, you know, uh, people who are on board with living out his will. These are saints whose own personal agendas take a backseat to God's ultimate purpose for all of mankind. Uh, you know, when we're people who trust God for all things, even in death, there's always a, a greater good in the equation. You know, you, Rich, you know, I've got a son buried on Shepherd's Hill. That that ended up uh, blessing uh, people from all over the, the planet. I didn't see at the time how that was going to work. But, you know, not a lot of people actually trust God to that degree anymore. I, I'm talking Christian people here as well. Practically speaking, this this earthly life is their sum total for, yeah. for their value and purpose. But uh the whole Christianity is the fact that Christ has overcome death for, for all of us. So we, we don't have to fear death like the unbeliever fears it. You know, in your intro, you talked about uh, the fear of the unknown. We certainly don't know everything about the afterlife, but knowing Christ in this life should remove a lot of our fear. But it shouldn't remove our concern. Unfortunately, I think, you know, many Christians today still have a, an unhealthy attachment to this life, largely because their knowledge and relationship with Christ maybe isn't as intimate or, or healthy as it could be or should be. I mean, I could be married and have been for 40 years, but still not have a healthy trust or intimate knowledge of my wife, uh, a trust and knowledge mm. that could help our relationship be all that it could be and should be. But that doesn't mean she's not my wife or that I have no knowledge of her or, or, or trust in her. Uh, so in, in light of all the stay-at-home restrictions that we've put in place in, in, in recent times, I actually see this COVID thing as an opportunity for parents to share or reintroduce these deeper truths with their kids and help assure them that God has got this thing. But Americans, you know, have, have become such a pampered and, and fragile people that tolerance for pain and discomfort has, has been greatly diminished. We need to get our grit back. So this pandemic offers us an opportunity to help build up some of that grit. Uh, it can help us huddle together and unite us all against a common enemy. Unification for a true and noble end really does have some therapeutic value in and of itself. This pandemic can also help us better distinguish and prioritize between the urgent and the important. And I think the pace of American life and the advent of digital technology has 
stolen so much of these mm. opportunities from us. And you know, now we're, we're forced to recognize and prioritize these things. Uh, so yes, I, I see it long-term anyway as being a good thing. In fact, kind of a, a reboot of sorts. I, I, I've heard that the, the average life expectancy has actually gone up since COVID hit. Can really? You believe that across yeah. the board? Mm-hmm. Okay. And, 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 and there's a, there's a, that's a whole other discussion, but parents and their kids alike need to come to grips with the fact that uh, you know, we, we, we can't always do what we want to do when we want to do it. And that's a big lesson right there. Uh, that's the very demonic mantra and attitude that ultimately landed virtually every kid we have here at Shepherd's Hill into long-term therapeutic care. They wanted to do what they wanted to do when they wanted to do it. So parents and their kids need to know that there really are some things that are unavoidable and inevitable and totally out of our control. Our kids would do well to understand that death is inevitable. And since it's inevitable, they should do a lot more to be preparing for it. Uh, so maybe we need to address COVID as a, a dress rehearsal for death. Uh, I'm not trying to be morbid here, but real. And this particular dose of reality, I think, is, is long overdue for a lot of American families, and that mm-hmm. includes Christian families. Well, we have uh, certainly already learned a lot during our time together. And as, as you pointed out, the, the fact that families are together now under the same roof, like it or not, mm-hmm. uh, is, is something good. And, and it, it helps us to develop better relationships. Let me take this opportunity now to uh, introduce today's guest on Licensed to Parents so we can bring her into this conversation. Uh, Dr. Leslie Parrott is uh, is joining us. Back in 1991, she and her husband, Dr. Les Parrott, founded the Center for Relationship Development on the campus of Seattle Pacific University. That was and continues to be a groundbreaking program dedicated to teaching the basics of good relationships. And as we were talking about, this is our chance to rebuild some good relationships. Anyway, since that time, they've spoken to many, many groups. They've written numerous books. They've become New York Times bestselling authors, in fact. Their books include the award-winning Saving Your Marriage Before It Starts, Love Talk, Real Relationships, The Parent You Want to Be, and a brand new book called Healthy Me, Healthy Us, Your Relationships Are Only As Strong As You Are, which I would commend to you. Uh, Each year, Les and Leslie speak in over 40 cities. 2020 will likely be an exception to that pattern, but their audiences have included everything from churches to Fortune 500 companies. Today, though, we are joined uh, by Leslie. Les is not with us, but she's here to help us unpack and talk about the impact COVID-19 and all the baggage that comes with it is having on our families and particularly on our teens. Well, Leslie, as I said before we went on air, I don't know why you haven't been on this program before, but welcome to Licensed to Parent. Hey, thanks. What an honor. And already you've gripped me by uh, the discussion that you opened this conversation with. I know the listeners are gripped as well. I mean, all it takes is to hear this sentence. I have a son buried on Shepherd's Hill and your credibility just went through the roof with me. I (laughs) want to listen to what you guys have to say because, um, you know, I love what you're what your message was at the outset, this, these are confusing times and uh, we're living in, in a real story, but it's hard to know what the truth of that story is. And there's so much fallout for us. And we're guiding not only ourselves through this story, but our own families, our teens, our adolescents, our, our younger children. And that's a big task. And it does call for a lot of grit and so, and some grace thrown in there too. So I'm honored to be a part of this conversation. Well, we're certainly honored to have you. Listen, your concern, as a lot of people are, 
uh, and should be about the emotional trauma that parents and their kids might be going through during this pandemic. What are you seeing? And, and specifically, what's your greatest concern? Well, you know, one of the things that I know, as, of course, my background is marriage and family therapy, Les is a clinical psychologist, and although he's not here in this moment, his, uh, his work, the two of us together, is a part of what my wisdom is based on. And let me just say, you know, one of the things that surprises people is to realize that just like a virus is contagious, our emotions are contagious. And actually, the only thing that's more contagious than than this uh, virus that we can't see is our emotional well-being. I mean, God has literally created us with something called mirror neurons. They're just knit into our neurology, to our brains and how they function, so that when we're in the presence of someone who is experiencing fear and anxiety, it triggers fear and anxiety in us. And actually, shockingly, research shows that it triggers it not only for them directly, but it triggers it out to relationships to, uh, you know, not just them, but their friends and their friends of friends. So it's it's a very contagious thing. I mean, I wish sometimes we could wear emotional masks, but the answer to not doing that is that we need to really just understand how powerful this is, that, that, you know, the antidote, actually, the vaccine to all this fear is hope. And that is a gift from God that we can literally be giving away to our families and to the people in our communities right now. It's never been needed more. And I think when we begin to understand, wow, if we are generously representing and giving hope, we're literally transforming our families and communities. It's, it's real Amen. and it's powerful. Amen, sister. I, yeah, I think if the neighbor's pit bull can pick up on fear and anxiety, then uh, <laughs> other people can certainly uh, pick and up on it too. transmit it, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, you know, Les and I have done some work with families and couples in this time. And obviously, as you said, we're not doing presentations around, you know, right now we're not getting on airplanes. We're not gathering large crowds. But we're still using uh, the dreaded technology to connect with people. And we've had some moments we call huddle for hope in the mm-hmm. midst of some of the fear as things were breaking and the unknowns are so real. And, and honestly, it is just amazing to recognize, you know, because our, our, uh, we react physiologically and emotionally to fear. We either have this fight or flight thing that we do, or we just freeze and shut down. And, you know, it doesn't have to necessarily be to the global pandemic. It might just be, you know, in the face of the news that we got that, okay, I'm homeschooling my family again for the next six months. And that Mm. was not on the books. Or, you know, I lost my job. I mean, right now people are dealing with the loss of dreams, the loss of jobs, political unrest, you know, civil unrest. So there's a lot of things that trigger us. And um, boy, when we can be centers of hope in that, it is, it truly is revolutionary. Yeah. Leslie, I'm curious about this. Um, A lot of people I've heard saying, you know, we're, we're all waiting to get back to normal, but we'll never get back to normal. 
That's got to be very unsettling in a in a young person's mind. Uh, I mean, first of yeah, all, they Fauci haven't says, had as, as many years to establish what normal is anyway. But um, and when, when someone like Fauci says we're never going to shake hands again, we should never shake hands again. I'm like, what kind of future does that give us? Well, it does seem a bit stark. Crazy. Yeah, the elbow taps and the fist pumps, you know, are just don't hold the same warmth and embrace and and sort of hyper connectedness that we know we're hardwired for. But you're right. Our adolescents, our kids are not looking out into a world. You know, we've all heard we're probably annoyed now by that vague phrase, the new normal. But right. um but it is it is a change point. You know, I, I liken it to the, you know, Les and I have spent a lot of our lives on airplanes traveling because our, our life calling has required that necessary evil. And, I mean, after 9-11, travel changed, and, and there's sure. a dividing line, and it will yep. never be the same, and we had to adapt ourselves greatly to deal with that reality. And I think in some senses, uh, life will never be the same. And yet, as you guys, what I loved about the way you open this segment is – not only is it, you know, uh, are there necessary losses, but man, there are there are amazing opportunities. Um, the pastor of the church I happen to attend through online services that are shared, he talks about this time as a global monastery in a way. And all he's yeah. saying is, you know, we're open, we're paying attention because we're we're not as distracted, you know, right. and right. and. I know my 17-year-old son uh, has never read more classical literature than he has during the last six months. His, his bedroom has become a, you know, a graveyard of classics. I walk in there and see the stack so high, and I can't believe it. He would never have had the, you know, the luxury of following that passion down that path without this. So, so there are these beautiful uh, things that we can leverage, as you guys so brilliantly mentioned. But it is hard when we're swimming against the current of fear and also very real stress that we have to carry. In, in, in light of our limited knowledge and, and, and uh, experience of this virus and the ever-changing battlefield in which we're trying to fight it, are we running the risk of having our ever-changing strategies to fight it off being more lethal than the actual virus itself? <laughs> well, that's that's a good question. That's a big question. Um, but I, what I think you're probably saying is, you know, we, we want to be safe from the virus, but we have to be psychologically and spiritually healthy. And we don't want to get so isolated and socially distanced that right. we're not able to be interconnected at that vital heart level, which is what makes us healthy and whole. And I what you're asking is the right question. Um, I, we need, we need uh, Dr. Fauci of the soul to answer that, don't we? <laughs> yeah, but I've, I've brought this up to several doctors. Uh, we've, we've got a couple of doctors who are uh, parents of our kids. I've made this statement. I have yet to have a doctor tell me that I'm not saying this. If I was leading the show, I might just roll the dice and say, look, uh, hide all the old people. Uh, hide the immune deficient people people who are on steroids and, and antibiotics and, you know, uh, just uh, one foot in the grave already, hide them for four to six weeks, let everyone else do what you got to do, lose the 1% we're going to lose anyway, and go back to work. I mean, why is that an insane strategy? Maybe I'm missing something. 
Well, I, I, I'm not, I can't begin to claim that I'm the strategy queen, so I'm not going to go there. But <laughs> what I do understand is that you don't want us to be locked down in fear in ways that don't actually bring help. And, and that's what I love. And I think we're all grappling with that. There were so many, you know, uh, funny conversations that I've engaged in with people where the, the brain fog of the contradictory uh, advice is literally overwhelming, as you've said. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, here's the thing, um, you know, and even in, even in our own family, uh, as you've said, we often just look at each other and say, we have no idea what the wisest choice right now is. You know, should we, yeah. should we go? go hike in the wilderness today or do we need to stay in with, you know, our masks on and you just look at each other and you're bewildered because you want, you realize that your decisions are for each other as well as the whole community. And you want to be the presence of Christ in the midst of a crisis. That That's yeah. our whole goal. And yet we don't often have the wisdom, but I do know the best thing we can do is take care of our souls in the midst of this crisis, because if we lose our souls, yep. then we don't have discernment from moment to moment about the wisest thing. And and we have got to be listening to the voice of God so that we know in the moment we're receiving the next step, the next best step in this big mm. journey we're yeah. on, this reluctant journey yeah. we're all taking together. Yeah. I guess my philosophy is, you know, go ahead and put a tourniquet on my finger, stop the bleeding, resign myself to lose it. Go on with life as opposed to losing both legs or my life. That's kind of my philosophy on that, but I I could be totally wrong. Leslie, I did not know when we began this program, first of all, that we would be losing limbs, but second of all, that we would be asking and and hopefully answering the question, what would Jesus do with COVID-19? But uh, I was just going out on a limb. I, you know. There you go. There you go. <laughs> well, anyway, that's that's what we are attempting to do today. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back in just a moment. Our guest today on Licensed to Parent is marriage and family therapist Dr. Leslie Parrott, who, along with her husband, Dr. Les Parrott, has been helping people develop healthier relationships. And as we're seeing, those relationships are critical in making it through this time with the pandemic around us. We'll continue our conversation on License to Parent in just a moment, so please don't go away. In today's digital age, there's more access than ever to digital devices. With technology constantly evolving to make our lives easier, is it any wonder that many feel as though they just can't live without it? Digital addiction can be just as chemically debilitating as drugs. Time in front of a screen can drastically affect the life of your child. For starters, your child may choose technology over simple things like playing outside and engaging in exercise, acquiring a job, and gaining life experience. To learn more about how digital addiction can affect your child, visit HelpMyTroubledTeen.org, click on Resources, and look for the article, What is Digital Addiction? Parenting isn't easy. Shepherd's Hill Academy wants to equip you with resources for all areas and issues of life. Discover a variety of ebooks, podcasts, links, and more to help you navigate the parenting landscape. Help by troubledteen.org. 
Is your teen's behavior dangerous? Your child's behavior may seem incredibly volatile during the teenage years. Sometimes the signs and symptoms come and go quickly as your child is growing, but other times behaviors are developed and nurtured that will lead to unhealthy choices. Here are a few items to consider. Does your teen refuse to abide by anything you say or request? Is your teen displaying behavior that's a marked change from what has been normal? Has your teen become increasingly disrespectful, dishonest, and disobedient, and openly rebellious? Go to HelpMyTroubledTeen.org and take the quiz, Is My Teen Troubled? While some behavioral issues are minor and best resolved at home, there are warning signs that your teen may need a more structured approach to get them on a healthy, constructive path. And Shepherd's Hill Academy is here to help. Visit HelpMyTroubledTeen.org and click on Is My Teen Troubled? HelpMyTroubledTeen.org. Welcome back. You are tuned to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. You'll find us online at LicensedToParent.org. Incidentally, while you're there, you can catch any of our past conversations in the radio archives on Licensed to Parent. And we've got quite a few conversations from over the past several years on a variety of topics that are vitally important to intentional parenting. Joining us today on Licensed to Parent is uh, Dr. Leslie Parrott. Uh, She and her husband, Les, by the way, have written a new book that I do want to mention, even though that's not the topic of our conversation. It's called Healthy Me, Healthy Us. Your relationships are only as strong as you are, which is available wherever you get your books. And uh, I guess that really is a good point to go along with our conversation about overcoming and getting through COVID-19 is uh, we've got to be strong and we've got to teach our kids to be strong in their own selves so that the relationships and the the foundation that undergirds our families will remain strong. And I I imagine that's uh, that's a good first step to see us through COVID-19. Well, actually, I love that. It's a good challenge for all of us. And, you know, as you reflect on navigating these uncharted waters, I mean, we're literally facing something that we could never have imagined. And how do we guide our children who we absolutely love, our adolescents and even our young adults through this time and one another, um, we don't have the absolute definitive right answers. But to me, the best gift we can offer in the process of this is just not so much what we do, but who we are as we walk through this. And there are some hallmarks of what it looks like to walk through this process in a healthy way. And as best we can model these to our to our families, I think it begins to totally change the tone and spirit of the crisis for them. But one of those is just that instead of being reactive to whatever the latest news is, we huddle up as a family and decide to be proactive. You know, we're not going to make our decisions based on fear, but we're going to take control of the situation as best we can and make the wisest decisions we can. We're going to set boundaries so that we kind of understand what our philosophy is about, you know, social distancing and saying yes or no to things and how we're navigating this. And we don't honestly know if we've made the wisest choice possible, but we've done the best we can and we're proactive, not reactive, not fear-based, not, you know, terrorized, but also in the midst of that, 
we're resilient instead of inflexible. Here's something I think really hurts us in the midst of this. When we just dig in and we determine, okay, this is this is how we see it. And then Uh-oh. when new information comes to light or the situation changes, we're inflexible. And in order to have sort of that grace and grit in the midst of a crisis, we need to be resilient. We need to say to our kids sometimes, well, you know, up till now, I thought we were doing the wisest thing, but it looks to me like things are changing and let's, let's be resilient. Let's find a new way to do this and let's do that together. Um, and, and with the spirit of optimism, that to me is at the heart of everything because pessimism will kill us. Maybe you guys have heard of a term that came out of the field of positive psychology. I know you appreciate research and of course, biblical wisdom. But it's a term, learned helplessness. Is that familiar? Uh, maybe our listeners have heard that. Just where yes. it just feels like no matter what I do, I cannot change the situation. And it actually comes out of a fascinating study that was done on dogs, believe it or not, where just by accident, researchers were trying to train dogs to, you know, to avoid a little shock, not a, not a life-threatening shock, but just a discomfort like on a winter's day shock, by jumping over a shuttle box to another side. But what they didn't know is the dogs had been trained the opposite way in a previous experiment, and they thought there was a shock on both sides. So this one little set of dogs, no matter what, would just sit down and take the shock. And they thought, what is going on? They realized there was a learned helplessness there. And it's it's a pessimism. It's it's a feeling that this is pervasive. It's not going to change. It affects everything. And it's personal. I can't change it. That's yeah. pessimism. And, and the opposite of that is this optimism that we have the power to be transformed, to learn and grow, to adapt, to be flexible, to be resilient in the midst of it. And the capacity to be not self-absorbed in this crisis, you know, it takes us all the way back to Fred Rogers, who we love, who who says, look for the helpers. Well, become the helpers, because when we do that, when we're self-aware enough to be empathic and humble and helping, then our fear dissipates and the wisdom out of this grows and our children receive that gift. Well, that's wisdom. Listen, uh, Rich has given me the skunk eye. We're out of time, but I'd love to have you back sooner than later to finish this up because there's a lot more I'd like to discuss about this if you're you're willing to come back. Always. Thank you so much. You guys are fun. Well, (laughs) I'm sorry. We try not to let that out much, but uh, I appreciate the comment. (laughs) Hey, our guest today on Licensed to Parent has been marriage and family therapist, Dr. Leslie Parrott, who, along with her husband, Dr. Les Parrott, have been helping people develop healthier relationships for years. Dr. Les and Leslie Parrott founded the Center for Relationship Development on the campus of Seattle Pacific University. Uh, They are New York Times bestselling authors. And their latest book, which I mentioned earlier, is called Healthy Me, Healthy Us. Your relationships are only as strong as you are, which is available wherever you get your books. And by the way, you can learn more about the work that uh, the parrots do and find plenty of free resources on their website, lessandlesley.com. Again, lessandlesley.com. And Leslie, thanks so much for carving time out of your day. We, we now send you back into your uh, private bunker so you can remain healthy and sequestered. <laughs> Likewise. Thank you so much. Oh, it's our pleasure. 
And remember, you can find us online at LicensedToParent.org. Licensed to Parent is the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis. Now, you can help the work here continue through your tax-deductible gift that will go to helping families who can't afford residential care get the help they so desperately need. Now, there are a couple of ways you can give a gift to Licensed to Parent, and one actually gives something back to you. It's a resource that we think will be beneficial to your teens and your family. You can learn more about that and about how to become a monthly supporter when you click the donate button at licensedtoparent.org. Our guest coordinator on License to Parent is Daniel Fazina. Our technical producer is Carl Peets. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosl, inviting you to tell a fellow parent about us and then join us again next time to renew your License to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. We'll see you next time.